today I'm with George Panayi of Meet Me for Coffee podcast. George, how are you doing? This is a great little crossover episode. We're going to hang out, talk about coffee, talk about craft beer, talk about metal, talk about podcasting, and then we're going to drop this episode on uh, each of our podcasts. I love doing this, and I'm great, greatly appreciated that we get to connect right now. George, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, the Vox and Hops thing is... Uh definitely something that i'm really digging i have the glass right here hell yes i like the uh, led light blasting on it but um yeah you know the crossover thing is very cool because it helps you promote um your podcast on other people's podcasts and especially if you're an awesome singer from a band called cryptopsy it's uh it's kind of cool man it's really cool um uh there's, there's a bit of a backstory with me and matt and uh so I used to be a promoter back in my hometown and I built this old band uh, called three mile scream. I still have that record. I still have it. And uh, I also have a shirt somewhere, but it probably doesn't fit me at all uh, at a skate park in, in Woodstock, Ontario. And uh, Dude, was, I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what happened was I can hear that nice beer pouring into there. Um, what happened was is it was at a skate park and there was so much reverb and oh man i wish i would have got like a louder freaking pa but at the same time there were other great bands too like uh endast i think played did they play yeah they, they 100 percent did yes um and i couldn't afford to pay for diecast who was on tour with endast um and i really regret that because i became a very big fan of diecast um I, and they were in like uh, guitar magazine and, and everything like the advertisement for that record uh, with uh, the song was singled out. Um, that, that was their big song. And they came out with that one record uh, and internal revolution with like fractured and, and um, fade away. And uh, man, just reminiscing on a lot of that stuff, you know, in, and, and uh I'm really thankful that, you know, I, I said that many times to you that we, we still talk. Um, it's a very, I've always, uh, I've followed what you, you have done. You, you, you went from that band, you, you played in a band called, is it era of or era is? Yeah, that's correct. The era of, yeah. Era of, yeah. And, um, and then, uh, cryptopsy and, and worship your demons. That was the record, right? That is the first record, the, the yeah. unspoken king. Yeah, the unspoken king. That that was a wicked record. At first, like when um, who was the original singer of uh, Cryptopsy? The Lord. The original Lord. singer is Lord Worm. Yeah, uh, Lord Worm was a really good vocalist, and then it's like, oh man, like Matt's gonna front this band. All right, and uh, <laughs> that's what it, everyone it, thought. It really, <laughs> it really, dude, it really blindsided me because you're doing the era of. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, holy shit, right? And Chrono- chronologically, it goes three mile scream into cryptopsy. And then after the unspoken king, I started the era of it. Okay. So this is why social media sucks because I can't really follow you. <laughs> um, I am having a beer right now, craft beer called uh, Joe Blow. Exactly. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, what beer are you going to be drinking on your side tonight, George? Uh, it's called Choplo. It's from a uh, Joseph Bluer brewery um, established in 1830 wow. from Toronto. Um, I found this 
is really cool. You know, it was kind of funny. Joe Blow, uh, their 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 slogan is uh, pairs well with beer drinkers. It's a Bohemian Pilsner, and I you can check them out. Joe Blow, Joe Blue, <laughs> Joe Blow, uh, Joseph Bluer Brewery uh, dot com. Um, but it also says uh, the company's from Toronto, but it's brewed in St. Thomas, Ontario. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like contract brewing out somewhere else. That's very yeah. interesting. Pours out nice. Bohemian Pilsner, which means that it's not a standard Pilsner. They're probably doing something out of the box with it, and they don't want to get fucking trashed and annoyed by all the negative comments. Oh, before we go, can I swear on your podcast? Because I can swear on sure. my podcast. Perfect. They want to get hit with a bunch of negative fucking comments on Untapped by saying, this is not a Pilsner. So that's why they're calling it a Bohemian Pilsner, I would imagine. What about you? What are you drinking? On my side, I'm drinking something very special. This is a uh, something from Brutal North America. This is uh, Beyond Creations and one of my favorite breweries, Overhop Canada's brew that they created together for Brutal North America, where I dropped 22 collaborative brews across North America back in June. This is Ante de Stout, a Mirage, and to honor you, the meet me for coffee theme, um, it's a true crossover. This is a, uh, a stout with Brazilian coffee. It also has that Amburana wood, which is a wood that they age uh, I don't remember a Brazilian wood that they age stuff in and it gives it a strange cinnamony um, chocolatey flavor. It's, a, it's like the perfect adjunct for a stunk for a stunk. It's the perfect adjunct adjunct for a stout because it brings all these other flavors into the brew. You should uh, do a, you should do a stunt right now and have a sip of that thing. Yes. Look at that thing. Wow. I love the, these glasses. Thank you so much. It's, this is so cool. This is they're perfect. They're, they're from my one-year anniversary party where I interviewed Lord Worm at Turbo House, actually. And uh, it was a blast. And uh, I've been enjoying them ever since. Cheers. Cheers. That coffee, it's, it smells like creamy. It's amazing. That's cinnamon, too, from the Amberana. I really like this, actually. It's very smooth. Ooh, it's amazing. It's like the coffee bite, the, the malty... Um, like caramel from from the malts, the amberana brings like all these weird extra caramel, cinnamon, uh, spicy flavors. It's it's really fantastic, and it's a low ABV stout, which is really cool because they wanted to do that for summer. Six percent ABV, absolutely delicious. George, do you remember your very first beer that I've ever tasted? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was Carlsberg. It's, it's probably the best lager in the world. That was their slogan back in the day. Yeah. Carlsberg. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I know you're not supposed to be doing this when uh, your son is young, but uh, my, my dad would always give me a little sip of his beer with my food. And uh, he drank Carlsberg in Carlsberg light. Mm-hmm. And that was my first sip. The first time I ever um, went a bit too far um, drinking beer, it was uh, with a, a, company called brick brewery who became uh waterloo brewing here and i'm in kitchener waterloo and uh now these guys have expanded they own laker and they own yeah. uh, yeah, rights yeah. the land shark and some i believe some seagrams i'm not sure I, don't quote me on that but they become very big and so that was the first beer the brick brew uh beer was the original the, the amber one is the one i firstly got messed up on. Um, and, uh, and I say that with pride because it's cool. Cause it's from here. Like it's huge. Um, and 
just, just trying different beers for me. Um, I know you probably always try different ones. Um, <laughs> there is a point to be made. If you live in Montreal, people are always like, Hey man, the smoked meat. I love Montreal smoked meat. Um, but no one ever thinks that the, the Quebecers in this country, the people from Montreal, the people who live in Quebec, um, have anything else other than smoked meat and poutine or poutine or however <laughs> how you fucking say you that. You got it. It's poutine. Um, the, the most mind-blowing thing is that there's so many breweries in Quebec that 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 just blows my mind because like I I've seen the beers you've tried on your show. There's different ones. It's like, wow, this one's from Quebec. That one's from Quebec. You know, it's all local. Here in Ontario on my birthday, uh, which was two weeks ago. Well, happy birthday. 33. Yeah. I'm still, uh, I got the white hair going. That's why I shave my head now. And um, I used to have a nice luscious head of hair. But um, yeah, man. So I went on a brewery tour and it was so cool to see all these breweries that I had no clue existed. Cause you never see them on the shelf here. I don't know how it is. It's in, very complex to get through the LCBO doors yeah. from what I've been told. And LCBO is just in Ontario, right? That is correct. Yeah. And, and in Montreal, in Quebec, uh, uh, none of the craft beer breweries are very few of them fuck with trying to get into the SAQ, which is our, liquor store commission it's very very complex so they just go direct to the consumer well we have depanators we have a a lot of craft beer specialty specialty stores and um depanators convenience stores that do stock craft beer local craft beer so that that helps and a lot of the consumers go directly to the brewery that's awesome like i wish like now we can go directly to the brewery have a beer grab some beer uh, we were hoping to be able to drink it um, just going down to, to the, the, the the corner store, like Max or Becker's, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you guys have that there. Um, it's like a different world. You know, I go into Quebec. I drive in right over the border uh, from Ottawa. And it's the signs in French. And it's like, you can't turn left on a green light or something. <laughs> I for, I for, on I the island of Montreal, you can't turn right on a red light. That's, that, is, yeah. that is something that happens here. <laughs> Um, I, it's for I, traffic reasons. I, I enjoyed my time in Montreal, man. I, I had two nights there. And I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I, I would hope that I, I can come back. I think I'm coming back in uh, April of uh, 2000 and uh, what, 22, if everything's uh-huh. well. Um, to, see, to see a musician, I forget what it was, but who, who it was. It's a, it's a lady. She plays um, like classical music and stuff on the violin or something like that. Anyway, it's my wife's cup of tea. I bought her. Is, is, it, is it Jaren? It might be. Yeah. I fucking love her. If it's her, we might be at the same show. Okay. Because uh, I love her and so does my wife very much. Uh, back to that show in Woodstock, I have many anecdotes from that night. Uh, first off, we showed up and we were like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at an arena. It was like an arena skate park. Yeah. It was big. And then we were like, there was kids just coming out of the cornrows coming to this show. There was a lot of kids there and we were very impressed and the gig was fun. And then we went to a motel afterwards with NDAS. We each got rooms in side by side rooms and I've toured the world. And, and this was by far one of the worst fucking motels that I've ever slept in. <laughs> there was an iron mark just on the carpet, like burnt, 
And then in Endast's room, because they were next to us, their shower, they had like freshly redone the shower, but they didn't put a drain in. What it looked like they had done is like, here's the drain. And they took a hammer (laughs) and they just smashed the hole. And that was it. Those are my two anecdotes from what's. Wow. See, I would never have known that. Fun memories. Like, honestly, and we've spoken about them recently. The Three Mile Dudes. It's it's like, um, if had you not booked that show, we would have not had these memories. I, I I was talking to Mike Marino a few exactly months ago. Um, he he he's a was he he's a rep for Ibanez now or something. Like he that? was a rep for Ibanez. He's moved on to other companies at this point. Yeah. Cool, yeah. that's awesome. And his his uncle was uh, his uncle was the his, his Frank, uncle is Frank Marino. Yeah. Wow, and Frank Marino, the mahogany rush. Yeah, there's so many great memories. You know, playing a band when you first start playing a band. I remember me playing a band you know you practice with your friends and you go play and then your arm seizes up because like you get too excited um <laughs> and then i uh, i used to play in a band called uh soul heavy and um playing a band called age of kings and it's so weird because every time i play in a band it's with these same people the almost the same lineup because it, we're all friends and it's always like you know you show up at somebody's house one day it's like yo man i got a riff start playing around right? i'll play drums and you play guitar whatever and it's like oh that's not pretty good you want to come over next week sure and then all of a sudden john's there and john sings and it's like okay <laughs> well, we should find somebody else to play uh you know guitar and it's like okay cool jim you want to play guitar yeah sure so jim's there and then it's the other guy and this guy and that guy and it's like then you have a song and then you have another song and it's like okay well this is pretty cool um Right now, I don't have a band. I'm just way too busy. But um, obviously, life hits you, and you know, you gets you got to really have time for that stuff, right? Um, it's very every day is is a calculation of hours and how you're going to fill those hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially like you know, having a commitment, just like having your show, Vox and Hops, and my show. I have to, I have to manage my time wisely. I have to make sure that everything's scheduled properly and that I remember mm-hmm. that it's going to be scheduled on that day and I have to make a note of it and I have to prepare and I have to try and do other things all while trying to shape my life and seeing what free time I have knowing that if I sacrifice yesterday's evening, like I had a few drinks with the neighbors um, that I might get behind. Right. So um, where I want to take my show um, and I, is somewhere where like I wanted to, to to have guests and and have a jam packed lineup of not just familiar faces but people who are up and coming and entrepreneurs. Um, like I had a guy who had the, he has a, the steel straw business going on now. That that's pretty cool. Like I um have another guy uh, that I just released a show maybe like three weeks ago, and he has a a software that verifies people on dating sites. So you're not, Oh yeah. there's all these bots and there's and, no trolls. Yeah. Are getting catfished. Yeah. And then you also have guests like Sam Roberts, uh, who I absolutely love. And, um, and uh, guys from Nonpoint, And I had talked to a guy from Pink Floyd and, and, and Megadeth. And so it's, it's kind of cool to mesh everything together. I know you mostly do uh, people who are vocalists and guitar players. And um, my, my only stipulation, and at first when I started Vox and Hops, the idea was it would just be singers. 
and I would only talk to singers. And then I booked my first guest and he was a guitarist. And I was like, okay, this doesn't work. And I, I felt constrained and I was like, how am I going to only talk to singers? So we, we changed the idea of Vox to represent the conversation. Yeah. Um, cool. in, in the theme of, of the show. So um, the only thing that I want to keep and to make sure stays for Vox and Hops as a theme for the guests is that they're metal. Either they're metal or they're into craft beer. I did a whole bunch of exceptions earlier this year where I spoke to a bunch of uh, local breweries and they weren't necessarily metal heads, but they were local breweries that I loved and I wanted to talk to them. So those, those are my stipulations. Hey, keep it metal, man. <laughs> people get people get thrown off. Uh, I feel with my 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 guests because I will go, I will go interview uh, Steve DiGiorgio and Gene Hoagland, and uh, then people are like who the who the hell are these guys, right? You interview Parmalee, who's a big country star, you know, Kenny Aronoff, and it's like who's Gene Hoagland? Who's who's this, right? It's like. Man, you got to read up on things. People are so close-minded sometimes, right? Um, you know, there, there are other podcasts. They're more conversational-based. And I feel that the the podcast industry is just kind of here in Canada. is just really just starting. Um, Absolutely. We, we are the front runners, you and I, and other people amongst us, our peers, um, uh, for something great that's about to happen here. Um, and that's why Spotify is uh, taking the reins and, and bringing on Joe Rogan and, and all the, all those other big uh, podcasts uh, because they really believe in the future of, of the podcast industry. Because now, um, I mean, anybody can have a podcast, right? Anybody can have it. It's so easy to start. Um, but I always say, I, I try and help people launch their podcasts. And sometimes, you know, I do some seminars um, when I have time, obviously. Um, but I, they always ask me like, you know, I have this idea for a podcast. Okay, cool. Like, how are you going to put it together? That's why I always ask them. Um, anybody can have a podcast, but is it good? Like you, is your podcast good? Because like, there's a lot of people who don't have, um, the ear or have the budget and that's okay. But you want your podcast to sound awesome because people are going to remember, the audio quality, like I like, I listen to a lot of audio quality, right? I was a producer, uh, I was in radio. Like I like to hear things like properly, right? I don't want to hear like some person in a distance on, on a microphone or off their phone or I just don't like that. Right. It's, it turns people off for me. It does at least. Um, so the, the quality of, of your product is very, very, very crucial. Um, but being said that it is very easy to start a podcast. You can go to anchor or, or uh, any other site and subscribe and just pop up zoom. Like we, we do now and do it depending on who you want to talk to. There's a lot of different ways to do a show, right? You can do like a show on, you know, metal music specifically coffee specifically would be pretty cool. Um, people do sports and now, you know, Howard Stern was always saying, and I always bring this, this point up and I hope I'm not uh, boring you, Matt, but. Uh, Absolutely not. Howard Stern said the podcast industry would never, ever uh, be a big thing. And uh, he's been proven wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people know this. Um, there are people who have left his, uh, 
his staff has started their own podcast, right? Uh, there, there are companies like iHeartRadio and and Bell, and I don't know if I, they're the same company anymore. But uh, I don't pay attention. To, I don't pay attention to radio anymore. Like I don't listen to. That. I don't listen to radio at I, all. I, I find my bands organically, um, and I I, I I invest my time and listen to indie bands. And I, I'm on satellite radio sometimes, but. It's more just like listening to some Howard Stern. Yeah, I still support the guy, but he's been proven wrong, right? Joe Rogan is are here to stay. Yeah. And so there's definitely a, a market of people that enjoy listening to them. I, I there's one called the Escaping Denver. And I, I I heard it on uh like the advertisement on like the radio when I was in Walmart. It's about like um the secret underneath Denver Airport where it's like tunnels and and UFOs and whatever. And I like that shit, man. And there's like, there's also ones about like, uh, was it a mind bender or something like that? I forget what it is, but it was a guest off, off uh, Joe Rogan. His name is Sean Carroll. He's like a, a, a professor or a teacher from, uh, uh, university of California and talks about like different dimensions and, um, the multiverse. I like listening to that stuff, man. I like, I like hearing people, um, interview others and i like hearing people who know what they're talking about you know like it it helps you learn something new and it's become a tool for me um especially if i'm interviewing somebody new um i just look up if they've ever been on podcasts before that's right yeah so i listen to them so it's easier for me to study right it's great so then you know that the the background information um because some people ask me personally, like, how'd you know that? Right. How'd you know that? Right. It's like, well, I heard it. You, you, you talk about it. Right. So it's a great way to study. If you're a host and you want to start your own podcast, listen to other podcasts. It's a good idea. Um, but enough about me, man. Like this Vox and hops podcast is so cool with the different beer drinking. And I drink different coffees and stuff on my show, but sometimes it's pretty late. And, uh, yeah. When, when you're, when you're bothering people around 11, 12 o'clock at night to do something and everybody's just so tired, um, it can get pretty, uh, pretty hard. you have to wake up for work the next day at five o'clock or whatever, but, um, there are, are some great coffees out there. Um, and, and, and they do mix with some beer sometimes, which is great. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely delicious. Let's talk about podcasting in general. Why exactly did you start Meet me for coffee. What What is your, your origin story there? Okay. So I, I did um, about a decade in radio. Um, wasn't really fitting what I wanted to, to accomplish in my career. Um, and I realized a lot of these bands, you know, we spoke about this off the air. Damn, this beer is pretty good. Um, we spoke about this off the air. And a lot of these bands aren't given the chance to be on the radio. Um, I was hoping, and I, I like Atlantis Morissette. I like Katie Lang. I like, you know, oh, Nelly's okay sometimes, but when it's played or Uptown Funk is good, but when it's played constantly throughout the day and you won't give people the opportunity to be on the radio like it used to be, um, it could be very, very annoying, right? Um, and hard for bands because they, they get disregarded um, in Canada, we have a stipulation for all radio stations. They have to play um, 30% of their content every hour has to be Canadian content. Um, 
And that was established back in 19, the late 1970s by uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who is the father, obviously, of Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. And it was in order to help bands get exposure um, and, and, and help bands, you know, get the ball rolling. And, and I know I, we saw Neil Young uh, get on the radio waves here at that time, and it helped a lot of people with their careers. Um, right now, the way the industry is, is that you have to pay somebody who yeah. has that connection to solicit people, um, your music, and, and hopefully you get um, some money from SoCan or whatever else uh, takes your royalties or collects them for you at the end of the, end of the month. And uh, I don't know what the end game would be anymore. Um, you go on tour and you sell T-shirts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know somebody who went on tour with five finger death punch with his band. He was opening up. It was like a thousand bucks, a pay to play kind of show wow. uh, across Canada. And uh, they had to sell their t-shirts for the same amount as five finger death punches. Yeah. And price match. Yeah. 45 bucks. I'm like, I I'm like, dude, I'm not going to buy your shirt. I'll buy, <laughs> I'll buy a five finger death punch shirt. Um <laughs> Yeah, so the story goes on. I left. I left radio. Um, just didn't work out. Like I just didn't. I, like I was working. I was working so much, and I wasn't seeing the money. And I wasn't happy. I wanted to help out bands. So what I did is I took another job. I started my own show called the World Rock Countdown. Um, I'm sure you probably remember me posting about that stuff, where I yeah. found new bands each week, and it became very popular. Like I have a a picture. Uh, back in 2016, me and Joe Rogan were the top two shows in the world. Um, and then what happened was I got some uh, dirty email from a couple of record companies saying that they're going to pursue some legal action against me. And uh, because well, you we were are. playing their music, I had the their- li- I had the licensing. I don't understand how this worked. Like I I asked, I paid for the license, and it's like, oh well, now you have the license. Um, and they played the music and, and then now like that's, that was a problem after a while, maybe because I wasn't licensed. I stopped doing the show for that oh. portion of time and the license expired and, and they renewed it. And that's probably when they thought they could just come after me. But so basically the, the consensus was like, I stopped doing the show. Um, and then around that time I had a publicist who was uh, kind of uh, like a colleague of mine, I wouldn't call him a friend um, anymore, uh, but he was one of the old publicists for Paramount. He said, you want to interview some of my actors? <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Well, I don't have a show for it. So um, I announced uh, Meet Me for Coffee when I was working in radio on LinkedIn a few years ago. And I was like, let's start talking to people and not at people. Let's have good conversations, right? Let's hear it. Because I used to interview bands and and people like Rick Mercer, and I wasn't allowed to just have a full out conversation with them, right? Because he just straight scripted questions. Yeah, that they just, were prep that they were prepped for. Is that is that what it was based well, on? It, it would have to be like under like you know five minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like this podcast, right? We would have been done like twenty minutes ago if uh, we were we ready. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very easy to create a relationship in five minutes, right? Yeah. So <laughs> what are you drinking? Happened. I'm drinking this. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, what a letdown that would have, that, that would have been like to, to interview people or talk to you and we have to finish it in five minutes. Right. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, like, so I decided to take that idea back and do it. And it ended up being a kind of like a slow, kind of a little slow start. I had Larry Hankin on the show. Um, he, he was, he's been in uh, escape, escape from Alcatraz with uh, Clint Eastwood and, and uh, was it uh, Billy Madison, Breaking Bad, stuff like that. And uh, that kind of helped me. Um, that was like my fifth or sixth or seventh show. Then I was bringing guys on for Big Floyd and then uh, Jane's Addiction. Then slowly, slowly, like I had like, Kenny Aronoff, which is my favorite drummer of all time. Um, then, then things started picking up, right? Like, I, honestly, I can't complain. Like, it's it feels good to have the onus on you and not rely on other people to do things for you, right? Obviously, we build our teams, but um, whatever happens with the show, I feel better if I go out and accomplish it or try and do it myself than have my reliance on other people who, you know, are restricting me. Right. So, um, the big thing for me is like the way the show kind of panned out ended up being, you know, I wanted musicians and actors and then it's like, okay, what about motivational speakers or relationship experts? And so it ended up kind of like clashing together with the coffee thing that let's get, that get down earth, have good conversations over coffee, get to know stuff about, you know, know Kenny Aronoff or Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy that you've never heard before or you know let's let's hear what you no know, the bass player from Megadeth likes to drink in the morning like this like it's it's so cool right isn't he has his own coffee if I remember correctly yeah and his own wine company and and he's got a lot of his own record label and this guy he was he was helping people out too right so um it was a cool show regardless and uh I had, I had the drummer of Jane's Addiction and he's was saying that they're working on a new record. And I think I'm the only freaking show in the world that actually has that on tape. Like, that's so cool. Um, but you've had some great guests as well, right? Like you've had some awesome guests, Sebastian Bach. You know, yeah, he was awesome. I've been very, very blessed. I'm very, very lucky to, to have the chance to sit down with many people that I've connected with over my life, over my career with Cryptopsy, uh, my career with Three Mile. You know, the only reason I had Randy Blythe Randy Bly of, of Lamb of God on the show was because back in when I was in Three Mile, Randy came to Montreal to produce vocals for Bloodshot Eye. Yeah, Bloodshot Eye, Shane, Shane Ivy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, because of that, I hung up with Randy back in 2004 or something when Lamb of God were getting big, but they weren't fucking mammoths as they are now. So, so when they dropped a brew, I hit him up and the timing was right. And he, he had a chat with me. So I'm looking forward to connecting with him again uh, in the, in the future. Oh, so, so lot, lots of, lots of interesting guests and stuff, but it's just really just connections. Uh, I, I found that the pandemic had a huge impact on Vox and Hops. I, I'm wondering if how the pandemic affected me, me for coffee. With the pandemic made me, that's what happened. Like it was like, you know, I, last year I posted, I was it's like happy new year, everybody, you know, it's been a crappy year for most, but it's been the best year of my life. Like mm. I had my son, um, at, in February, 2020. And then the show launched in, uh, what was in the beginning stages, but in, in March of 2020. Mm. So like with all the success of the show and my son and my other kids, like, it's really been a blessing for me to be kind of stuck in the house. Sometimes, you know, you know, I've had 
I've had COVID and I've had, you know, I've had, uh, I've had to stay home and isolate too in some situations and, and uh, yeah, it can be stressful, but I think people now are able to have that, that relationship kind of renewed, right. With their family, the bond and, you know, we're only hanging out with each other. Um, I like to be home, maybe not all the time, but uh, you know, I know you have children as well and um, it can be pretty stressful being at home. Um, and trying to work from home, trying to do stuff from home yeah. with young children is very, very, very difficult. But what uh, a, you've had a lot of success this past year. Um, and I, I've, thank seen you. It. Thank you. I've seen it like even like the, the hot, was it the hot sauce uh, brand that you were you repping? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very, guys, very, those guys are from London, aren't they? They are from Thunder Bay, but you mentioned it earlier in it, the drummer of Inveil went on to form with his partner, his wife, um, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. So it's another connection through music that he was interested in helping the podcast, working with the podcast. I loved his products. It was easy. One of those one of those win win situations for both of us. But uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce rules people. You you put that shit on everything, man. It's I did. I still do. <laughs> I still have a few <laughs> kicking around. I, I, it's killer, I, I, ate, I ate some tonight, honestly. The uh, <laughs> the pineapple habanero, I had it on my curry that I made right before this chat. <laughs> That's awesome. You've done so well, man. You have some beer, you have your merch, you have, you know, the microphone with the, the, the I don't know what you call it, the label? It's called a mic flag. And this is pure my wife, Jessica's doing. When I went to Heavy Montreal uh, two years ago, I guess at this point, um, she was like, you need a mic flag. You can't be backstage doing interviews with all these bands and not have a mic flag. And I went to Heavy Montreal. I've been many times. I played twice. Uh, it's a sick festival here in Montreal uh, on Ile Saint-Hélène, which is like an island off of Montreal that they created. It's a man-made island. When they dug the metro system, they didn't know where to put the earth, so they made a fucking island. Wow. And they put there's an amusement park on it, and that's where there's huge festivals every summer. There's a crazy festival around. It's amazing. Uh, Venco puts all that shit on. Oceaga, Heavy Montreal, Il Sonic, uh, 77, and I'm forgetting one. But um, just, just a killer, killer place. So I went there not to watch shows that year. I was like, I had Launchbox and Hops, and I was like, I'm going to do as many interviews as I can. And I did 19 interviews in two days. So I had content for like <laughs> three months after that. I was very, very happy. But I sat in that tent for those two days the whole time just doing interviews back to back. And those were like those 15-minute interviews, which I'm not a fan of. But So you had your own tent with Vox and Hops? And no, 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 no. It was like the media tent. Okay. That's cool. It is a future goal now that I'm teamed up with Heavy Montreal to have my own tent there. Yeah, you should. You should. It's my, it's my absolute goal. So a year after that, I teamed up with Heavy Montreal to have episodes presented by Heavy Montreal every week. And that's been happening since then. Wow. I got to go to that too, man. That's a great idea. What a, what a sweet idea. That's just awesome. connections, um, relationships, building them, um, fostering communities is something really that we're trying to do. Um, throughout the pandemic, I started hanging out with people every Thursday called Thirsty Thursdays. Um, it grew into this beautiful, beautiful family. So every Thursday on Zoom from March until now, every Thursday there's Vox and Hopsheads that hang out together all across the globe and drink beer together and talk about their lives and they know each other. And now that the pandemic is 
uh, subsiding slightly and people can travel and meet up with each other. There are people that have uh, traveled from the United States to Mexico City to hang out and they've met each other in a Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. There's people that come from Toronto to here all the time. There's people coming from Texas coming up soon. Uh, I've met people that are now a part of the Vox and Hops crew. Um, Jerry Monk specifically is my metal architect. I call him. He curates the Vox and Hops Brutal Awakenings playlist every week. And that just happened so naturally because for months he was just sending me new curated bands just for me. He's just a guy that listens to lots of music. He loves it. He's got like a specific uh, attuned ear to music, extreme music, new music. And uh, it was an easy decision to ask him to curate it. He's also a part of my review crew. So I got to the point where I kept forgetting to post my album of the week. So I was like, let's just enlist the help of a few members of the Thirsty Thursday gang. So Whispers from the Void podcast, which is a podcast that was born out of the Thirsty Thursday virtual hang gang, is a dude called Evan from Boston and a dude called Philippe from Quebec City. And they have a podcast and they drop episodes every week and it was born out of Thirsty Thursdays. So they are a part of the review crew. They do video reviews for Vox and Hops. And then there's uh, Dan from Manitoba and there's uh, Jimbo from, uh, he's an Aussie that lives in Germany. So it's, it's really, really, it's a very cool thing that happened throughout the pandemic. I'm very happy about what Thirsty Thursday has brought Vox and Hops. It's just this beautiful community and everyone's just there for the love of metal, the love of craft beer and the love of just being positive and connecting. It's all about relationships. Like during that time, it's been like very, um, this time it's been very, very hard to, you know, um, have camaraderie, right? And it's cool that hear, hear that you're able to do that. I've hung out with these people more than I've hung out with any of my friends in the past year. <laughs> and we know each other well. They come to Montreal. I always make, make an appearance. I always show up to say hi to them. And they're always just so happy. It was Philip's birthday and I surprised him. I told him I, was, I didn't tell him I was coming. And I showed up and he was like, oh, my God. It was, it was just so nice. It's just so nice to, to meet amazing, talented people that also have the same passions as me. So it's, it's cool. It's like the Internet in real life. Yeah. I mean, like it's cool to hang out with people online. It's still it's not the same. A hundred percent not. Although you should do, do it like a massive party and have everybody kind of fly in or meet in a, in a one day, as soon as we can, a true thirsty Thursday in real life. That would be nice. I'd, I'd like to come to that. That'd be you great. That'd be great. <laughs> a question I always love to ask a fellow podcaster is, uh, is there an episode, an interview that got away from you that you wish that you can go back and redo. Well, the, the, there's a couple. Um, there's one that I never did. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Stephen Bauer. No. So he, he played Manny and Scarface. Oh, okay. And he had agreed to be on my show. So me trying to figure out when, or when he could come on my show like I was hoping that get that locked down. He agreed to be on the show. Now management kind of like hasn't asked me back. Right. Like he loved to be on the show. Right. Go help on these dates. And I never heard back. Nothing. Ghost did you? Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Right. Like the guy's such a good actor. He's been in breaking bad queen of the South. Um, many other movies. And it's like, wow, Manny from Scarface. Like, 
Uh, that's one that kind of, you know, ghosted me, but uh, there's a couple that I wish I would have redone. Um, there's a couple I wish I would have never done at all. Uh, there are, um, you know, there's, you know, I did 180 interviews in the last year. That's a lot, dude. And so far, like, doubled me, I think. Yeah. So far, like, I only aired probably half of them. Really? Yeah. And uh, I don't plan on airing them at all. Right. Wow. Just because, like, they're, sometimes it goes well. Sometimes there's internet issues, and sometimes, like, it just fucking sucks to talk to them. <laughs> right. Sometimes when you get people, like, on a press circuit. Yeah. That's, I, I, I'm, the more I go, the more I don't want to do those. Yeah. It's, I'd like, uh, never fill out those grids that they sent me. No. Do you want nine, nine twenty, nine forty? I'd write back and I'd say I'm available at this time on this day. <laughs> if it yeah. works, it works. If it doesn't, I'm fine. I, I'm, you know, I, there's people that I want to talk to and I'll make time for, but I'm very, very booked and I'm okay with that. And we will connect when the time comes, but to do it like in a press circuit, when someone's already talked to like eight people before me, I, I'm not enjoying, I don't enjoy those conversations. I don't feel that the artists do either. Yeah. It's just so hard for them to enjoy anything. Right. They, I mean, <laughs> once they get to you, they probably heard the same question over and over again. So, Sometimes yeah. they're refreshed because it's like, Oh, he's not asking about the album. <laughs> yeah. I will talk about beer. I haven't spoken about beer today at all. I will drink a beer with you. <laughs> yeah, it's really refreshing. I actually had one with, uh, you know what Andrew Zimmerman is? Mm, no. Uh, he's like a big chef. He has like a show called Bizarre Foods where he travels around the world and eats foods that, you know, are, normal people you know, don't eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like a big interview, man, like nine o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, At least it works I'll, with the coffee. With the beer, it's harder. Yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't, man. Sometimes, honestly, like, I'll be really truthful with you, and this is only going to stay on this podcast. Sometimes there's actually beer in the mug. There's beer or, like, whiskey or something in the mug because, like, at some point, you have to do interviews at 1130 at night, right? Yeah. So it depends where that, that person is in the world, right? Yeah. You can inter interview a, an actor who now has to go to France. So your mm -hmm. three o'clock interview is going to be, you know, way early in the morning, or you're going to interview someone who's in Australia, who is like another time zone almost completely ahead of you. Um, these are the trials and tribulations, but going back to Andrew Zimmerman, a huge interview. I, I was watching his shows. Like when you first have a child, you end up like sitting on the couch and watching yeah. TV and, Hit favorite up. memories yeah i love to i bought a 75 inch tv just for that um <laughs> thank, thanks to craig from ottawa he's my uh my old work buddy he said you know what? go buy that 75 inch tv because you'll be on it on the couch with your child the whole time holding so so so, so best memories yeah and so i start watching a show again on youtube and then it's like two three episodes in i wonder what this guy's doing like i wonder like if i could talk to this guy so I hit him up, his publicists get back to me, you know, how many listeners do you have this and that? Okay. 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 When do you want to do it? These two days, can we do this? All right. Confirm them this time. Like, holy shit. I booked them. I fucking booked them. Right. Like, holy shit. Right. And, uh, we get to the interview and it was like, perfect. It was mint. 
right? It was like dead on and it sounds so good. And then it ends up that my computer, my wasn't my, my mic from my computer was picking everything up and not this mic. Mm-hmm. In the end, I listened to it back many times, right? I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't sound good, right? So uh, that's one regret. I wish I could redo that one. But you released it anyways. Yeah. Did you go through that moment? I know what I would have thought. Did you think about re-recording everything? Yes. Just just you, your voice. Yes. Yes. It would have been horrible, though. <laughs> My God. But uh, there's a lot of, lot of trials and tribulations everybody has. What about you? What's one that you can tell us? Uh, I've been really lucky out of 300 episodes. I've been very, very lucky to have had good conversations with wonderful humans. I've mentioned before that when I connected with Dope Throne at Heavy Montreal that time when I was doing 19 interviews in two days, it was really, really hot. They had just played. Um, they liked to party. They were a little bit under the influence, and uh, we didn't connect as deeply as I would have liked to. Uh, they were a bit jokey and I played it off as a joke as well, but um, it wasn't a deep conversation. So, so I would like to redo that one. Um, Dustin from August Burns Red as well. My first Zoom Skype interview, it was a technical disaster. So I would like to redo that one as well. I lost about half of the episode because it just wasn't working. It, it was really cool and just, willing to keep going and trying, but I would definitely like to have a conversation with him again, face to face, or now that I have a more steady <laughs> uh, internet setup in my house, now that I'm doing this as frequently as I do. Or, or, you know, you're doing the, the interview just like now and uh, somebody knocks on the door, just like what just happened to me now. Um, <laughs> definitely happens. And I, I, you know, editing is a beautiful thing. So, Oh my God. Sometimes it'd be like people yelling in the background. <laughs> My kids, there's one episode where, uh, what, what interview is it? I think it's with Preka from, from uh, Nervosa. My daughter, during the winter, I have two interview slots during the week. Uh, during the, 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 the week. Yes, that makes sense. During the week. I either do a weeknight or I do a Saturday at 2 p.m. for international artists. So I had booked Preka at 2 p.m. And during the winter, it was cold and shit. We live in Canada. Uh, so my kids go in the front room and my wife takes care of them. <laughs> and my daughter was having a fit. And on this mic, you won't pick it up because the way that it's set up, the way that I have it, it's I cut everything when I'm not speaking in, in post. So, so you only hear my voice when I'm speaking. But if you listen to the YouTube, you can hear my daughter having a fit in the background, which is just the Zoom video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like I have a noise gate on this thing and it stops it. But like I may be able to hear things like mm-hmm. the shower running or whatever, but it, you can't hear it. Right. Yeah. Because this mic is like kind of like if it only picks up what's in front of it, but you may be able to hear a knock. Right. That's mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you know, they know, they know that it's going on and still, <laughs> still. Um, I love you. They love what, you, George. What, what, what I know. I love them too. <laughs> I love you too, man. You're, you're pretty cool. <laughs> when you started your podcast, what is one thing or a few things that you wish you knew that you now know now? Um, well, I, I wish I knew how to light the, the fucking set, man. I yeah, wish I'm still I, struggling with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew how to use a green screen. I tried doing it for a couple of shows and then I was like, you know what? This is kind of stupid. Um, 
See, I'm back to the old background. Um, so those are two things. There's you know, the SEO part behind uh, the the podcast thing. Um, just learning, like it's more than just a show. It's like everything behind it, right? It's, mm-hmm. The conversation is the easy part. Yeah, it's just the editing. And I wish I knew how much money it costs to start a podcast, like really start a podcast and invest your time in it. Um, and I, and I wish I knew, um, that it wasn't going to be easy because sometimes you get into some, some conversations and it's like, oh man, right. Like it's you, you, the guests can be good. Like you and I are having a good conversation, but there's guests that are just like, all right, I don't know what that's still guarded, still guarded. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so you have to, you have to somehow figure out whether you can just bail on the conversation, just be okay. Thanks a lot. Let's get out of here. You know, ask them another general question. Like, okay. Thanks man. That's great. Or are you just going to try and break down the wall and get into some more detail? Depends who they are. There's people, there's musicians out there that just don't want to talk to you. Right? It's like, it's, that's the frustrating part because I, I want the hits and I want the crowd to, to, to listen to that. And I want them to be happy with it. Right. And sometimes it's just not my fault that I can't get that out of them. Right. Um, so, you know, kudos to Elias from Nonpoint. Like he's coming back on the show. Like we have a one, part one and part two, right? Like, like we're going to get more, we have a bit of a, sh- a short one where we talk about the tour coming up. And, uh, and then the next one will be about songwriting, which is absolutely crazy because he's a great, great songwriter. Um, like stuff like that, right? I, I don't, I don't like having guests on two times, but if it's worth it, let's do it. Like, let's do it. Right. It's so cool. Um, I always get more nervous when I have someone back on. Yeah. For some reason I'm like, and I re-listen to the episode. I don't know if you do the same, just, yeah. just to make sure that I don't ask the same question. <laughs> Exactly, man. Well, it's it's a it's been a good time, man. I really enjoyed being on your on your show. Vox and Hops is it's kind of a cool crossover, right? It's uh, you, you're drinking the coffee brew, uh, brew, and I'm having the the Joseph Bloor Joe Blow brew, man. So uh, this is actually pretty good. Should have bought a case of this. This is cool. This is good. I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about collabs. I like making collabs. Now, now, when when are you going to make a coffee? Why is there not a meet me for coffee coffee? Uh, why is there not a beer? Why is there not a hot sauce? Why is there not stuff that you love? Um, how have you not made a coffee yet? The, it was in the works. It was in the works. I wanted to make like a cannabis coffee, almost like oh, yes. Well, it gives you a, a high and then a down kind of feel. Um, and we didn't, we didn't fuse coffee, but, um, just so much, uh, so much commitment, right. I want to do my own espresso blend. Um, that was in the works as well. Now I kind of want to do a hot sauce blend or like a sauce blend or something like that. So it's all just like kind of organizing my thoughts, right. It's organizing, doing something and that like, I need to have the, the, the focus to actually go after. And then I was at, at one point, but I think COVID kind of mess things up for me, to be honest, in that specific area. Cause in the, in the late winter, I was ready to rock it right with the coffee and take pre-orders and whatever. And, and what happened was like, we got locked down and that's it. Like 
I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. So I'm hoping for next year and have a coffee blend out there. That's uh, um, I would like to have like a, a name, the, the blends named after people who've been on the show. Right. So, so cool. Yeah. Um, but as it stands right now, like we're just trying to figure out who the next guests are and, and uh, what the next step is like even like a, a coffee, a coffee vodka or something like that would be really cool. Um, so it's just taking the next step and that's going to happen. And we just have to have the patience, right. Um, the crowd is there. Um, and I don't know how much they would support buying a coffee, but we also got to look at how inflation's really hit, uh, the coffee market as well. Right. So, um, there is a, um, a Sumatra blend being kind of worked with now. It's really good. Super smooth, the dark roast, um, one of the best like dark roasts I've ever tasted. Um, we are going to start, start off with like the regular paper bag packaging with the sticker. And then, uh, uh-huh. and we'll kind of graduate into the printed um, bags. Yeah, exactly. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, I just thought about, about doing a beer collab, but uh, I don't even know where to start with some of that stuff. Right. It's a, uh, it'd be pretty cool to do it. And uh, there's so many things you could do. Right. And uh you know, you got to, like I said, set your mind to something and do it. And I really, um, you know, appreciate that you've, you know, you've sent me glasses, like even do that. That's, that's a big feat in itself. And then even having like your own beer line or, you know, your own hot sauce line or, you know, it, it all takes work. Like even your merch, like you got an awesome hat, you got wicked shirts and like, it just, it is, it's all you, man. Like I, when I see that, I see you like, you know, it's your brand. Um, Thank you, thank you. I am very stoked to have teamed up with Indie Merch to to have my merchandise available there. Um, taking the merchandise out of my house was a beautiful step that made me very, very fucking happy. So, and Cryptopsy has been working with Indie Merch for many years, so it was an easy, easy decision. Indie Merch presented Brutal North America, so that was an easy conversation to start getting a merch store up there. And I'm very, very happy to be working with them. And we have new stuff coming up in the fall for sure. It got, gone are the days where you have boxes of CDs in your house. I oh. still have boxes of CDs in my house, but less of them. And and no new boxes of CDs coming into my house. That is for that is a decision that I have made. <laughs> if you make a coffee, I will find a brewery in your area to make a collab, a Vox and Hops collab with your coffee. And it could be a three-way collab, a, a meet me for coffee, Vox and Hops, and X brewery. Oh, my God. God. So, so when you're ready, let me know and we will make this happen. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's an easy one. We could definitely make some stout coffee. Delicious. Yeah. One last question doesn't happen very often because you have three young children. Uh, you tend to drink coffee. You are busy podcasting. Um, but every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? My hangover cure is another beer. <laughs> The most dangerous of solutions. I love it. <laughs> you know what? You got to have it to kill it, right? You can be hungover all like this. Always happens. This always happens. You, you just get some. Like, I don't really get hungover too much, but a couple months ago, I went to some underground Portuguese club when everybody's. It's like it was so forbidden. I forget, I thought it was in like you know some movie, right? It's like an underground club, and we're in lockdown. It's like it's like forbidden, right? Hell yeah. Had a freaking massive party, drank brandy, 
had some dancing going, some beers, wine, whatever. And I had a, I threw up like six times that night, man. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a good first step. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And then I was like messed up all day and like, I was barely eating. And it's like, you know what? Like, let me just drink a beer. As soon as I had the beer, like I was freaking ready to rock soup and beer. <laughs> <laughs> the secret oh. is stopping after that beer. Yeah. That is the secret that many people don't follow. What about and you? They, I uh, I really enjoy fruited sours, which is uh, like a Berliner Weiss base. Um, so it's like a, a sour base brew. It's very, it's just like tart. And then they add a bunch of uh, fruit puree to it. So this is exactly how one of my collabs came to life. I interviewed this brewery called Brewski, which are one of Montreal's top breweries. So fucking cool. The brewer, uh, Derek is a wizard. I love him to death. And uh, I pitched this to him after I had them on the podcast. I said, basically like, this is my hangover cure. I drink a brew juice is what they call their fruited sours in the morning when I'm hungover with a cup of coffee and we created brutal juice. Wicked. Which, which was an 8.5% fruited sour with like dark fruits, dark berries, dark maple syrup and coffee from Zab Coffee, which was a company here in Montreal, coffee roasters that I love. They're a bit punk rock, a bit metal. I've been wanting to work with them forever. And uh, I hit them up. I said, can we like make this like a three-way collab? They were in and it was amazing. Brutal juice. I hope they bring it back. Brutal juice. Yep. Yeah. No, it's brutal juice. It's a uh... <laughs> big squeal and stuff. <laughs> Holy shit. That was an awesome commercial. <laughs> George, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about podcasting, talking about metal, talking about beer. I really, really had a great, great time with you. And I'm looking forward to hanging out in the flesh. Massive cheers to you, Gord. George. Hold on. Massive George. I got that. I got it. George's my metal name. <laughs> This has been awesome, man. Like it's been a cool uh, crossover, you know, Vox and Hops is here to stay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that everybody who listens to my show, um, eating for coffee goes on and checks out your show. Um, and look for a freaking beer collab, man. That sounds awesome. Let's just do that right off the bat. Just make a coffee and I'll make it happen. Let's do it. Massive cheers, George. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs>